They bought this old, beat-up, small store at 17th and Washington. And Russ, early on, was wondering, well, in the corner over there, there's like 30 galvanized buckets. What do they need those all those buckets for? Well, the first rain that came, the roof just leaked like a sieve. And, uh, you know, so they had buckets all over the place. From Grindstone Media, this is Nebraska Made, a narrative journey through the lives of Nebraska's most inspiring business leaders. We unpack the intimate details of how our guests navigated obstacles and built their companies in pursuit of the good life. I'm JT Martin, and today we hear from Pat Raybold, the owner of Russ's Market and the son of Russ Raybold. In the 1960s, Russ Raybould started a grocery store that today has become the 36th largest company in the state based on number of employees. His one little grocery store on the corner of 17th and Washington in Lincoln now has 22 locations across Nebraska and Iowa and is a staple in the state of Nebraska. And keeping any company going for 55 years isn't easy, let alone in the grocery industry that has seen so much disruption from Walmart to Amazon to COVID, the chain continues to stand the test of time. It's in part due to the friendly employees, and it's also due to Russ's son, Pat Raybold, who joins us today. Russ was born in Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, I don't know too much about his early life, but he worked in a grocery store in Salt Lake City, and uh, he did deliveries some and he would carry groceries up flights of steps into apartments and drop them off. And then he, his dad was a salesman for Western Paper, so he got transferred to Omaha. And, uh, and so Russ, he uh, moved to Omaha uh, to go to school at Creighton and uh, worked in grocery stores and became a meat cutter and uh, meat cutters were paid pretty good. Russ got accepted into Creighton Law School, but he declined to continue on his education and uh, uh, stuck with cutting meat. You know, butchering meat and being a meat cutter back then, I mean, this is Nebraska. This is probably where some of the best beef comes from. So that's probably a pretty, you know, a highly respected position. Oh, yeah? yes. It was a, a critical part of a grocery store was the meat department. Uh, still is today, but was more so back then because uh, it was, I, I believe the people were heavy meat consumers uh, back then. And it was a lot of hard work, a lot of heavy lifting, sides of beef, you know, throwing them over your shoulder. And of course, the cutting of the meat and, and uh, that all takes uh, uh, a lot of muscles. And, uh, and then at some point, <clears throat> Russ decided to leave Safeway. And another gentleman named Clayton Burnett, who was a meat market manager with Safeway, they formed a partnership. And the, but they both had families to feed and support. They had really good jobs with Safeway, good pay, good benefits. And now they quit those jobs and formed a partnership and they bought this old, beat up small store at 17th and Washington. And in order to do that, 
they had to get a big loan from the bank. So they were in debt way above their heads. So Russ spends the early part of his grocery career climbing the corporate ladder at Hinky Dinky and then at Safeway as a district manager until he finally starts his own store. The year was 1964, and in that same location where the first Russ's Market on 17th and Washington was built, still stands a Russ's Market today. The first name of the store that some shoppers even still refer to to this day was BNRIGA, which stood for Burnett and Raybould Independent Grocers Alliance. Tomato juice cost 29 cents, margarine was six for a dollar, and it was simpler times. But Russ and Clayton quickly learned that it would take hard work to turn their new store into a proper business. Uh, the store is about 8,000 square feet. Okay. And uh, it's still standing today, yeah? Oh, yeah. Th that store has been expanded about four or five times. Wow. And uh, Russ... Uh, early on was wondering, well, in the corner over there, there's like 30 galvanized buckets. What do they need those, all those buckets for? Well, the first rain that came, the roof just leaked like a sieve. And, uh, you know, so they had buckets all over the place, but they hired good people and, and they took really good care of their customers. So that grew their business and they were able to afford to fix up some things like the roof. And then as the years went on, they paid off the loan. So they, they get the store uh, loan all paid off and uh, they're feeling really good and no pressure from a bank loan. And they decide to expand the store from 8,000 square feet to 14,000 square feet. Well, that takes another bank loan. And so they were once again in debt way above their heads and that got Clayton nervous as it would most people and I'm sure my dad was as well uh, but um, Clayton uh, asked to get bought out and so they made uh, a deal and Clayton moved to Arkansas which is where his wife was from and he, he was a meat cutter by trade so that's what he did the rest of his career. So the year is 1975, and Russ is now on his own after Clayton's departure. He changes the name of the store to Russ's Market, but keeps the holding company under the name BNR Stores, which it still goes by today. It didn't take long for Russ to start thinking about expansion, but this time, he was going to go head-to-head -head with the biggest grocery store in the district. Russ, uh, four years later, uh, decides to build a new store up from the ground at 66 and 0. However, it's across the street from the largest Safeway in the district. And so people were saying, well, Russ, you're crazy. You're just this little grocer and you're going to build a store across the street from this big old Safeway. And this is, will be his second store, This will correct? be his second store. Yeah. So Russ hired really good people. They gave their customers very good service, did a better job in customer service at Safeway across the street, and Russ grew the business. What do you think made it able for him to hire such good people? I've heard that being our stores are employee-owned. Is that Was that part of it? We weren't... Uh, well, yes. Actually, Russ started it in 1977, the uh, ESOP. And that was a very new concept back then. 
And I think BNR was like the fifth or sixth business in Lincoln that became an ESOP. And so I, I think that helped attract us. The, they liked that Russ was progressive. He wasn't corporate. He wasn't the corporate yeah. safe way. Right. What, what else about those first stores you think were so attractive to people? Was the, the meat especially good? Because obviously he was a butcher. He knew meat. Was the You mentioned the service was really great. What else did people love about it? Well, we did push our, our meat. We had bakeries and delis weren't that common back then. And so we had, uh, Russ got really into bakeries. He went up to the Riches and they were a supplier of a lot of bakery goods. They had a bakery school up in Minneapolis. So he went up there for two weeks. So as an owner to kind of get into such detail and and understand and learn how bakeries operates that helped that store out and russ hired a a great lady uh emily she was uh, german she was an incredible baker and so she baked some of the best breads ever in our company when she ran that bakery back there when did you come into the picture? Well, I was I was in early on. I uh, when we opened up our second store, I was the co-assistant store director with a, uh, another young guy named Kelly Cote, and so uh, we were both learning on the job and getting paid for learning. You know, so hey, that's a pretty good deal. Russ bought uh, an independent out for his third store, so I went and managed that store. So I got into the store being a store director uh, back in uh, 1981. And I bet that was maybe a dream come true for you, to get to work in the family business, seeing what your father has been doing all these years. Now you get to do it. Yeah, I was in in college. I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. Uh, But once I got into being a supervisor at night, I, I thought, you know, hey, I'm enjoying this. And then when we opened up our second store, I thought, okay, well, this is this is it for me. Unfortunately, I didn't complete my years at the University of Nebraska, uh, so I got halfway through, and I kind of wish I would have finished it out, but I you know, just kept working ever since then. And Is that because the money was good? So you figured, hey, I've, I've got a good thing going on. Yeah, I, sh- I yeah. could just do this. Right, right, yeah. It's like getting a free education or So Russ has a proven business model that is built around customer service and low prices. The 66 and O store is now thriving and his son, Pat, is also involved in the business. They decide to start looking for their fourth store location. And this time, the opportunity fell into their lap when the site of the old Buffalo Hotel went up for sale. So Russ continued to grow. Our fourth store was the Super Saver at 48th and O. And that was a a deal done on a handshake, and that's not very common. Russ wasn't the first uh, grocer interested in that corner. You had the large Albertsons company. They were, you know, they were huge. Not as big as Safeway, but uh, pretty big, pretty close. And they were interested in the corner. And the, the owner of the property was Mr. Kingery. And Albertsons had said, uh, well, we want people to see our store very clearly from the intersection at 48th and O. 
So you need to tear down the restaurant on the corner and tear down this building that houses two businesses in it so people could see our store from the corner. And Mr. Kingry said to the Albertsons person, he says, well, I can't do that, uh, but I'll give you two weeks to change your mind. You can have the site if you agree to leave the restaurant and the two businesses on the corner. Well, two weeks came and no answer from Albertson. So Mr. Kingery knew Russ was interested in the site and they did the first part of the deal on an initial handshake. The very next day, Albertson's calls up Mr. Kingery and said, um, hey, we've uh, reconsidered. We'll let you p keep the restaurant and the two businesses on the corner. We'll take the site. And Mr. Kingery said, I'm sorry, I've already committed to another grocer. And that it was an incredible location for us. And Albertsons just really blew it big time. I'm sure the guy that was working on that deal caught some heat from his superior on that one. But that was you know, one of the best locations in Lincoln. It was one of the most highly trafficked intersections yeah. in, in town. Mm -hmm. And it was really kind of a, an affluent neighborhood too, right? Well, you have you have the uh, uh, Piedmont area, which is very nice, but there's a lot of, uh, I think, middle-income homes. Uh, big cemetery, we, we don't get any business out of those folks. So <laughs> we keep trying, but <clears throat> they never show up. <laughs> so this new store location, it's a big deal for Russ. And the landlord is taking a big risk on him by committing to let this small grocery chain move in who only has three other stores at the time. Albertsons would have been a much less risky move, but they had dropped the ball. So after the grand opening expenses, it only took about a year for that store to become profitable. And this new Super Saver store model was different and it was disruptive in that this was such a large store that they could handle much more truckload deals Customers would bag their own groceries so they could save on costs, and then they could have higher volume with lower prices. Well, just two years later, they opened their second super saver, and their growth only continued after that. Nebraska loved them. The name super saver was created by my mom. Russ uh, wanted to call it the depot, and everybody in our small family, we like, eh. That doesn't sound so good. Then mom came up with Super Saver, and as soon as she said that, it's like, oh yeah, we like that name. So, <laughs> and we, was was she instrumental in a lot of business decisions, or was this kind of her one chance to really get her two cents in? Well, she was instrumental in running the family, and uh, uh, she did a great job with that. She helped do the the books and payroll, and uh, but she was she was a great mom, uh, which is a tough job in itself which freed up Rust uh, time to be creative and, uh, and to run a very good business. And, uh, but yeah, she created the name. I'm glad we're not the depot. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> what about uh, being in Nebraska, do you think made being our stores so successful? Well, there's great people here in Nebraska. We love promoting local products. We're trusting people, so I think we open up more versus what people are in large cities or on the coast. You know, they keep to their their own lives, and uh, 
Yeah, so good folks. Be very proud to be serving Nebraskans and Iowans too. We've, we've got some stores in Iowa. Today, BNR stores have 22 locations and they claim the best spot in town in many places like Columbus, Grand Island, and Hastings. And in 2018, Russ's market expanded into Iowa for the first time. And just last year, they acquired Allen's Food in Hastings, which continues to operate profitably to this day. I'm JT Martin, and this has been a Grindstone production. Grindstone is one of the premier production and marketing firms here in Lincoln offering everything you need to grow your business from video and podcast production to social media management and media buying. You can learn more by visiting grindstoneagency.com. Working with my dad over the years, a lot of great memories. And he lived to age 93. He would come in the office every day up until about age, age uh, 90.